You're now approaching the Game Master's Prism. The Game Master's Prism is a podcast where we look at role-playing game design from different angles. I'm your host, Richard. I'm your host, Ken. I have a great interest in old, out-of-print, and pretty weird RPGs. And I'm also very happy to talk about the classic sword and sorcery and fantasy styles of D&D or Tunnels and Trolls. I've made a study of horror role-playing games, but I'm also fascinated by the current trends and developing thoughts in independent role-playing games. Now we'll take a look at what's in the prism today. Hey, how's it going? Free RPG Day was last week, but we're here to just, we're going to do a quick overview with our first episode here. So uh, I'm Ken. I'll be joining to talk about my experiences with Free RPG Day, some scenarios that I'm familiar with, and um, what I hope to do in future Free RPG Days. Right. Uh, my name is Richard, and I'll be doing the same thing. We're just going to go over what is Free RPG Day, the history, our histories, and what we, you know, what we think about Free RPG Day as a whole. And I'm going to talk about some of the, some of what I experienced at Free RPG Day this week, uh, this uh, month. Uh, unfortunately, Ken doesn't have that uh, experience to go on, but that's that's fine. <laughs> so tell us about the history, real quick. Yeah, so um, my understanding is that Free RPG Day was currently inspired by things at local game stores, things like Free Comic Book Day, which helps bring business and interest to local comic book stores. And so it's been running since about 2007. I haven't been attending that long. Uh, I've lived in various places, not all of which have had really strong game stores. But uh, in 2009, I did stop by and I was able to get a copy of uh, the free RPG Day scenario for Geist the Sin Eaters, which I didn't end up running. But uh, all the same, this is something that's been running for about 15 years now. It's a great opportunity for publishers to get their games in front of people. It's a great opportunity for game stores to have people in the seats and to get to know each other, maybe form new groups, try out new rules. And um, just in general, it's a way to build some local community. Yeah, that that's a good overview of it from what I understand. I do remember Free Comic Book Day when I was younger, and I, I remember when I noticed Free Comic Book Day. I don't actually know when that started, but I remember when I noticed Free Comic Book Day. Soon after, I remember seeing Free RPG Day, and then there was, of course, Record Store Day, which is a little different. That's more focused on sales. But yeah, they they seem to get the people out to the stores, out to the uh, the brick and mortar stores instead of just going online. All of these events seem to try to help the the you know the small businesses ideally. And right, from, yeah, and from what I understand, Free RPG Day has changed hands a few times. There was one in I think twenty thirteen. I want to say. And I know there was one in 2019, which it looks like a company called Gaming Days obtained it. I did notice some differences with some things this year, and I'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I think it's just, in general, things like collectible card games, like Magic, it's obvious why people would get together for Friday Night Magic or pre-releases, but RPGs have, like, 
a lot of times it's a set group, right, that meets every Thursday or whatever it is, and they don't branch out as much. So I think Free RPG Day is a way for people to kind of get past that and to try some new stuff. And, um, you know, regardless of who owns it, I think that's a pretty great thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And so historically for me with Free RPG Day, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, historically, I have not attended Free RPG Day until I think it was 2012 or 2013. In the past, I did not have a car. I still don't have a car or even a, I actually don't have a driver's license. And I didn't have a game store really close to me, so I couldn't attend any of these events. And I was also part of what we'll probably talk about in the future, but we've we've thought of as this sort of third edition D&D mindset where it's like you just do everything yourself. You don't use campaign settings. You don't use modules that are already written. You just like you're going to do it all yourself. You're like the what did you say? The real DM or something? Yeah, you're not a real DM unless you build it from scratch, you know? Right, right. And and of course, there's always all the, uh, what did they call it, peach or whatever back then. It was like they wanted people to like look at the different classes they had made. And, and that's a cool thing about RPGs is this communal aspect. But there's other ways to look at the communal aspect, too, is like, sure, you can like DIY it and, and whatnot. But there's also like the coming together over a module or coming together at an event. And that was something I was not part of until later. Yeah, my my experience is a little different. In that, like, I lived near a really excellent game store when I was like growing up and in high school. But then I moved away for college, and the stores weren't quite as good. And like uh, dating myself a bit, but Free RPG Day didn't start until after I had moved away for college. And so at that point, like I didn't have quite the same connection with that particular game store. Yeah. Well, for me, it. It would have started after I I did start college before then, but I didn't uh, follow through with it. I'm doing that now, finally. Uh, so I was pretty much in the same place. It, just for reference, I've been playing RPGs since 2002, I believe. How about you? Uh, pretty close for me, actually. Uh, maybe 2001 especially if you count like message board RPGs, which I do, but we can, we can talk more about that later. Yeah. For me, it started with like hero quest, which if you want to count that, but then it was the third edition D and D. Yeah. So pretty similar time frame. Uh, anyway, just going back to, to the free RPG day stuff. Um, you know, I did finally attend in like 2012 and I did some events and I was really happy to see that, that, uh, I was really happy to be part of that experience. I should say, participating in these events so for me i really do enjoy going to free rpg day i enjoy getting all the freebies that the publishers give away my store does a sale every free rpg day and then they also of course have events which they did not do last week because of, of you know of course the pandemic i did not attend free rpg day also in 2012 or excuse me 2020 because again the pandemic but i would love to you know, keep going and maybe run stuff or at least participate in more events at it in the future. Yeah, so I haven't, you know, I feel in retrospect a little bad that like I just, the the one year I went in 2009, I just kind of waltzed in, took a look around in the store, picked up my Geist, uh, 
you know, quick start and wandered out. And, you know, when I go to Gen Con, I try and run games. That's something I enjoy doing. But that that store wasn't quite so welcoming, so I didn't feel welcome. Um, I think for the future, though, I'd really love to run some games and to uh, help other people get to try it out in a really low-stakes kind of way. Yeah, that's something I guess I should mention just real quick, because this is kind of funny. Every year for like several years at the store I go to, which is called Phantom of the Attic in Pittsburgh, they would have a DCC, a Dungeon Crawl Classics like funnel tournament. And you would actually get a trophy at the end. And it would be like really crazy looking. Like I like the one game they did was like this crazy circus thing. Like it was all like killer clowns and weird tricks and stuff so i have like i got like second place or i might have got first place so i have a a trophy that a friend of mine made of like this clown like kick it's like he's like (laughs) kicking a soccer ball or something so that was fun like yeah that's awesome and i think like uh dungeon crawl classics is kind of uniquely suited to something like that because it's goofy you got multiple lives effectively i think that's great yeah it was like you died and you could just come back as a new character and it was like how many uh encounters you survived was your score and it with a single character and it was always fun going because it was a little random but there was some skill involved you kind of wanted to stay in the back but you know it was just it was just like a weird event. And that, that was, that really is my main experience with free RPG day in terms of events was playing dungeon crawl classics. And that was the one that really inspired me to participate in RPG events that aren't just like you're at your house playing with for me, like one or two people. Right. Um, yeah, I would have done terribly at that because one of the times I played Dungeon Crawl Classics, <laughs> oh, I was no. trying to get all my characters killed as quickly as possible, which I did fail, but I was very close. Um, but yeah, I think uh, my I think kind of breakthrough moment was that with that was just kind of jumping in with both feet at Gen Con after a few games at like college RPG club. Um, but that that kind of ties in like I'm somewhat familiar with free RPG day scenarios because one of my favorite publishers, Pelgrane Press, like free RPG day tends to be before Gen Con in the year. And so they have extra copies of their really nice printed free RPG stuff, which you can also find on their website. It's either free or pay what you want. They're really good adventures uh, for either their mystery RPGs using the gumshoe system or their kind of uh, fantasy combat RPG that would be fairly familiar to D&D fans called 13th Age. Um, and so, like, I've read through those. They're excellent. I haven't read any of, or I haven't run any of them, um, but they're the kind of things I'd love to break out for people. Yeah, sometimes it's great just to get an adventure and read through it because it gives you ideas. And I think that's part it of is. the appeal. Yeah, that's part of the appeal for me almost is getting, like, the quick start. You can just read through it and, like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, and I think that actually, real quick, goes back to that idea of like, you know, the the D and D who slaves over the stove all day to make everything from scratch. Like, I don't do that anymore. If I can steal the stat blocks for a really clever encounter from Thirteenth Age from that free RPG uh, day handout, I will absolutely do that, and um, I'm happy to do it because my my time's somewhat limited. Yeah, no, that I mean that's also interesting. Like, 
and that's the thing I've noticed is the people who attend the free RPG day I attend every year, they're mostly, well, they're mostly at least college students. It is in a college neighborhood in Pittsburgh, you know, so they're mostly college students, but there's a lot of like older people that attend too, that are like 40, 50. So they probably are in the same boat where, you know, okay, you have a full-time job that you maybe you don't want to be at, or maybe you do want to be at it, but you can't just sit at home all day and think about what Elminster and Mordenkainen and Volo are going to talk to the players about and all that stuff. Right. Um, one thing I think that actually kind of speaks to one of the great utilities of these, right? That like people perceive that RPGs have a pretty high barrier to entry. And I think some of that's just because like D&D is pretty intimidating, you know, to play it the way you're told you should. You need three books. Each of those books costs a fair bit of money. And like, that's a lot. But like free RPG day stuff will give you a breakdown of the rules. Um, many of them will give you uh, sample characters, which uh, with a lot of systems, the hardest thing to do is make the characters. So they've just handed that to you and they'll exactly. give you a, a sample. Yeah. They give you a sample adventure, which for me too was kind of hard at the start. Like, how the heck do you sit down and make an adventure that's fun? How do you make one that people can get through in two hours? And um, maybe not exactly two hours, but the free RPG stuff, day stuff is all of that in a handy package. I think that's fantastic. That's something that I have been taking a look at a lot recently in my re more recently, last like three years, I'm going to say I've been doing more of a deeper delve into RPGs, weird RPG systems and all that. And it's always great to go into the book and see, okay, there is an adventure there and you can take a look at it. You read the rules and okay, I understand how rune magic works or okay. I have an idea how this swashbuckling combat system works, but what is the setting really supposed to be? I can see it's post-apocalyptic or I can see it's cyberpunk or whatever, but what is the feel they're really trying to go for? How does everything fit together? And you can look at a, a pre-written adventure and get a lot of that from just that. Yeah, I agree completely. I think actually people buy RPG books based on a lot of things on like the genre, on the art, all that. But some of the books that actually get run, and this is too big a topic for today, but I'd love to come back to it sometime. The games that mm -hmm. actually get run are the ones with strong, like really kind of sticky, or they have a good hook to it, sample adventures in the book. Like Call of Cthulhu, The Haunting is one of those scenarios that's been played more than I think almost any other, because it's in every Call of Cthulhu book. It's a simple, like haunted house thing. You know what you're in for. And I think like it works pretty well for that. Right. And and we've discussed this a little bit before. Uh, an obvious D&D &D analog is the keep on the borderlands any any grognard as they say you know has has played keep on the borderlands and they even did the dnd fifth edition uh play test with the caves of chaos from the keep on the borderlands so that is like this thing you could, yeah everybody like maybe knows it's like communal experience but yeah that's definitely a future topic so this this particular uh, free RPG day, I wasn't able to make it out. Uh, so I'm thinking about like upcoming ones, but I'd be interested a to like hear what your experiences were and just to comment real quick, like looking at the website, um, I would have been really excited to try out the Modifius Dune RPG that they were advertising. Like they had packets for that. 
And so like, I'm a big fan of the Dune setting. Um, that would be a great low stakes way for me to see like, what are they doing to evoke the feel of Dune? Yeah, that went really fast uh, at the store. I <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine I'm the only like nerd interested in Dune, right? Especially with the movie coming. Right. That's a great time for them to launch that. I'll t- I'll I'll actually get into the the you know the specifics here. So usually I go to our free RPG day a little early. Uh, some days I used to go like two hours early. It was kind of a little <laughs> a little much. It's like you bring a tent, you know, and you camp out overnight, and maybe you'll get the PS2 or whatever. Not it wasn't that intense, right. but but it was uh you know I would go like a couple hours early because they always give away a free RPG day die. Uh, it was always. In my experience, it was classically like a six-sided die, and it would say "Free RPG Day in the Year," and I always wanted to get the die. And they would, the store would only have like four or something. So if I didn't get there really early, it was like I wouldn't get it. And the first year I went, I think I just happened to get it, and I noticed that. So then the second year I went, and I was like, "I'm gonna be the first there," and it was like me and this guy were always like going, like trying to be the first there. But, like, other people would line up outside, too, like, an hour early, half an hour early. Interestingly, this yeah. year, I did not do that. Uh, and that's good, because uh, in the past, it would, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, it's always raining and stuff. So you go there, and you have to bring, like, an umbrella, and it's it's annoying. But, uh, you know, this year, it didn't rain. But also, you know, I didn't go that early. And it was fine. I was, like, the fifth person in line. That The, the guy who was always competing with me to be the first he actually wasn't even there and yeah so i you know i go in and i had read some of the stuff that was being given away i didn't really look over it too carefully something that really stood out to me was fabula ultima the ttj rpg which is a, a mouthful and are you familiar with this at all ken I am not, but I am curious. So this is a game that I'm not sure if it actually... Oh, it does. Yeah, it mentions it here. Uh, it's inspired by, you know, Final Fantasy with, like, the Fabula Nova Crystallis and all that. It has, like, a similar name. Obviously, Ultima ties into Final Fantasy. So it's sort of like this JRPG, tabletop RPG, and it could be, like, terrible. I have no idea. I have questionable hope in in some of these types of systems when you start mixing different types of media especially when you try to make a, vid- a video game into a tabletop rpg i feel like i've had a lot of negative experiences with that i feel um, like people have been chasing that particular dragon for like basically as long as the internet's been around right i remember right. seeing a lot of homebrew for that you always see that homebrew uh the one Final Fantasy one would always come up. I can't even think of what it was called, but I would always see that one. And it, like back in the third edition days. Anyway, I'm right. actually not the biggest fan of Final Fantasy. I don't dislike it at all. But like if I had to pick like a JRPG series, that would not be my favorite. But I just thought this looked interesting. I was interested in trying it. And that's kind of the point. I thought the art looked nice. And so I this was like one of the first things I picked up. At my store, you can only take a few items. So it, it was five this year. Classically, it's been four, or historically, I should say, it's been four. Uh, and then the die usually is just 
an extra thing they'll just give you. This year it was five, so it was a little more. And I actually couldn't pick between some. I was like, oh, I had to put one back. And the owner just said, oh, just, just keep them all. So I ended up with six. Yeah, so there was a lot of interesting stuff, like you were saying. They didn't have everything that's listed on the website, I don't believe. I think there was like a couple things that weren't there. One of the most interesting things to me was there was actually a root role-playing game. Oops, I haven't played the board game, but I've seen like the art for it's really amazing. Um, and so it's very evocative right off the bat. Yeah, it's kind of like Mouse Guard or something. Katie grabbed that. My, uh, my girlfriend grabbed that. I didn't actually get that one. We've played Root and it was pretty interesting. They also had this like compilation of indie RPGs called Level 1 Volume 2. I guess they've done previous Level 1 compilations. And I don't have any experience with that, but I grabbed that just because I like having a bunch of like weird things to, to look through. It's kind of like we were talking about looking at what were the kind of the design philosophies behind it, at least that you can gather from reading the rules. So I thought that was really interesting. Were there any others that stood out for you? Um, so I only took a quick glance and the Dune one definitely did draw my eye, but both of those <laughs> sound uh, like frankly awesome to me. I'm very curious because like, I, I think I probably like the Final Fantasy games, at least some of them more than you do, but like I don't see how you translate that to tabletop. I think that's a really difficult task you set yourself. And like anything yes. that's like a grab bag of um like new indie games, um, I'm absolutely gonna be interested in because part of what I enjoy about indie games is like I wouldn't have said you could make a game about people dating in high school and also their monsters, but you know, someone did and monster hearts is really well regarded. So that kind of like, Oh, Hey, you can do that is always fun for me. Right. Yeah. So this has a lot of weird stuff like that. Something that was really interesting to me at free RPG day is that I actually got this wrong when I was talking to you earlier, I said it was wizards was given stuff away, but it was actually whiz kids, but I guess it's this Product is like an official like D&D product, if you want to call it a product. I mean, it's like a giveaway. But they had this thing called the Bittersweet Cottage, which seems to be the witch from Hansel and Gretel. And it comes with a little cottage you can build out of like cardstock. And there's a little miniature to assemble. And it's actually pretty elaborate. It has a lot of fine details uh, of this witch. And she has like a gingerbread man and stuff. It's really, it's it's really strange. And uh, the, the cottage has some really nice color on it, which was kind of the draw to me. So like, that was really cool. And there was actually another miniatures related thing. There was, I don't know which one was it. It looks like it was Dave Taylor miniatures and Mantic gave away something called How to Build a Boss Fight Final Chamber, which was both a booklet on how to build and paint a chamber like this as, uh, uh, what's it called? Something like Dwarven Forge or something like that. And then it also came with a little miniature of a treasure pile. I passed on that just because I... I felt like that info is pretty available online and it's just a treasure pile. But I thought that was interesting that there were two miniatures related 
products because I don't remember seeing those in the past very often, if at all. Yeah, and those those miniatures are the kind of things that would be useful for lots of different games. Like I don't know, I I think it would always be fun to plunk down a gingerbread cottage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, something that's always at Free RPG Day is Goodman Games. They had actually two different modules, and what's really interesting about Goodman Games is their modules they give away are like at least. Most of the time, all the times that I can think of, they're like actual products they sell, or at least I believe so. But you can, uh, you know, you can just get it for free. And it's like a whole DCC adventure. And they had two this year. They had the Tomb of the Savage Kings, which is a level two Dungeon Crawl Classics adventure. It says it's based on The Mummy, the, uh, the Universal film. Okay. From the, the, from the, the original, not the 1990s. Yeah. Yeah, 1933. And it also mentions the mummy's hand and uh, the, the hammer, the mummy. And I guess this ties into the Doom of the Savage Kings module they did in the past. So I picked that one up, but they also had one for the Dark Tower. Some kind of Dark Tower RPG. I, I think it was like a 5e system. I don't know if I find any info on that but i yeah. i think katie grabbed that i'm not too surprised just because like while well, i haven't done a free rpg day session um mm -hmm. goodman games is maybe the most focused on like outreach that i've seen any rpg community be like when i've done one of their games like they make sure you get folders you get bookmarks you get pencils like they want you to think about their game once you walk away from the table. And also, like, the, I played one at a really small local convention, uh, you know, one of those, like, under 100 people things, and it was great. Like, the guy ran a fantastic game. And so I think they've done a pretty good job kind of building that community that also can share their enthusiasm for the game. Yeah. As I mentioned, that's my entry point to Free RPG Day was playing dungeon crawl classics with my friend mike who i didn't know at the time and i was really impressed with his dming style uh and yeah like you know in my experience going to gary con and just you know going to free rpg day and other events there's always like really prominent goodman staff there even at like con on the cob which is a really weird uh ohio convention you know, the, Goodman is there too, and they're all like you said. They're always giving stuff away. At GaryCon, I played with a, a designer of an adventure that was being created, and he was super friendly. And he was—I don't know—it was just it. It's really amazing how they have done that outreach over the years, especially when the game is sort of like you're. It's like that Dark Souls, like you will die, but you know, it's like the friendliest, like like individuals. Yes. <laughs> You'll die, but you'll have a great time doing it. Yeah. Uh, some other stuff real quick. Uh, Q Workshop was there. They they always just give away like a die with some really elaborate design. It's usually a little too elaborate, in my opinion. I liked this one. It was a steampunk design, but I passed on it just because I found all the other stuff. And I figure if I really want that, I can buy it from them. There was... Um, I don't remember seeing this part of Daco. What else is there? Okay, there was 
going underground and reap and sow. This was something about uh, like a Victorian setting. I didn't really look into that too carefully. There was a blue rose quick start, which I thought I grabbed, but it looks like I actually didn't. That's do you know about blue rose, Ken? I uh, just a very little bit. Like I've heard of it. Um, I know they had a pretty successful Kickstarter, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was just like we're doing blue rose again. It's it's green Ronin, and they made that true twenty system based on it. You know, back in the uh, day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that looks neat. But I, I again, I passed on that. Uh, there, yeah, there was the, there was in addition to Dune, there was Octung, Cthulhu, and Star Trek. Yeah, I've actually played Octung Cthulhu, um, and like that's that's a case where like. The books are gorgeous. The history is interesting. The t- GM I had for it was great, but like, I think it actually introduces some system issues to Call of Cthulhu, which for me is a pretty solid foundation. So I'm always kind of conflicted on Octune, but like, you know, if there was a free scenario there, I would also snap it up right away. Hmm. Is it like compatible with Call of Cthulhu in terms of rules? Is it its own rule Absolutely. set? Absolutely. Okay, um, so I didn't it's, know it's, that. Yeah, it's a D100 system. The thing they do that I think is, again, like we can get more into this. I think like you could do a whole yeah. episode probably on like building on other systems and riffing on them. But part of the balance of Call of Cthulhu is that you have to spread yourself thin. Uh, so you, it's hard to be really good at everything. It's actually somewhat hard to be really good at a few things, right? So every point you put <laughs> into, you know, dodging enemies is a point you're not putting into shooting guns well. And what Octan does is because it's got that focus on war and uh, soldiers who are really highly trained people, that's reasonable. But what they do is they add more skills. And I'm not sure they give you enough more skill points to compensate for it, right? So like Cthulhu uh, in its different, different versions, the nuts and bolts don't matter so much, but they already usually make you pick between like melee and knives and different types of guns. And Octone just adds to that additionally. And so, like, you get spread, like, paper thin for these characters that are supposed to be pretty competent. And okay. maybe that gets into, like, system mastery stuff. But I think, um, and, and yeah, we've, I think, gone beyond the scope of just introducing the system. Yeah, okay. No, I'm interested in, in going over that kind of thing, too. Because I've, that's the thing I've noticed in a lot of these 5th edition groups I'm in on Facebook. and. You know, we like you said, we can we can go over that in the future. This sort of system modification, creating a new game based on an old system, that whole kind of thing. Um, so the last few things they had, there was this into the wormhole. I didn't really look into that. There was Curse of the Rat Queen, which I guess is something to do with the Talisman fantasy RPG. I think that has ties to that board game. There was an Iron King, um, uh, Iron Kingdoms thing. There was a fifth edition adventure, and there was a cool mini or not uh, zombicide thing. Do you know about the the talisman? So I've heard of it, but that's all. Oh, like okay. I've never sat down and played it. The one other thing that was kind of interesting, I was talking about the you know the die for Free RPG Day. Well, I have two two die stories here. Not about dying, just about dice. Uh, serious dice gave away a die. If at least at my store was, if you bought something. So I actually bought quite a few things and I can just talk about it for a second and in a second, but 
you know, so I ended up getting one of these serious dice and you would pick a box and they were all numbered. And I guess they were going to try to refill the boxes, but there was, uh, it was a little more annoying than they <laughs> thought it would be, but you would open it and you get a serious die, a serious die. And most of them were red. It's just a red D 20. And it has the serious dice logo instead of the 20. And the font is not a font. I think is a great font to have on a die kind of like comic sans or some kind of like cartoony font like that. So it's kind of hard it to feels read. like a joke. It's kind of hard to read. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I think that's kind of what they go for or something. Uh, I, it was interesting that, oh, no, I, I guess most of their dice don't look like that. So maybe this was just like you said, it was just kind of a joke. Because uh, there was a chance. So I most of them are red. There was a chance, though, to get a bronze, silver or gold die. If you got one of those, you actually could redeem a code that was in the uh, package with it and you would get a whole set of dice from them. And somebody actually got the gold die. And I don't know what happened with the other two, but I thought that was pretty neat. But that's just like a little yeah. random thing. It's, you know. That's a nice like golden ticket kind of thing to get people excited. Yeah, and then so the free RPG day die this year was actually interesting because it has a new logo on it. I assume because of the new owners and the, the logo is pretty cool. It doesn't say the year, which I, I find less appealing than I, than I normally would, but the, the color is cool. It's like this purple and black and stuff, kind of like a nebula, but they actually had two different dice to pick from. You could pick a D 20 or a D six. I ended up going with the D six. Katie got the D 20. Uh, so I'm curious if they'll keep it, like that in the future if they'll have two different dice or more. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you talked about like collecting the dice because with my personality that would drive me crazy if I had like 2015, <laughs> 2016, 2018. And yeah, so, mine's like, like one that. Without a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need to put more like very fixated people on the design team so they don't do that. <laughs> Well, like I missed one, like they didn't have any dice or something one year. And so I don't have like 2017 or something. And I was like, oh, like we're like, this sucks, you know. But yeah, I don't know. It's just how it is. Maybe I'll look for it on eBay or something. It'll be like $45. Who knows? I definitely gonna... didn't do that uh, for the one free RPG book day booklet I'm missing from Pelgrane. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't buy it because it was about $45, but it's just like, oh, there's one missing. Sometimes Noble Knight has some of that stuff for like really cheap, but I think it's only for the the most recent free RPG day or like the last two. It'll be like one cent. That's actually, I think, worth calling out because it can be hard to track these down after free RPG day. And like Noble Knight is a pretty cool business in general. But yeah, within the same year, it'll be like either a buck or two or like one cent you know, just throw it onto a cart. Um, and and if, if anyone is somehow listening to this and doesn't know, Noble Knight resells and sells some new RPG and board game products. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great uh, way. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, to fill in your collection. NobleKnightGames.com, right? We're not sponsored yeah, also, by them, if anyone is. aren't, though, if they'd like to. Um, <laughs> they could do, oh, it's actually just NobleKnight.com. Yeah, if they want to sponsor us, they can. 
Uh, other weird stuff I picked up. Fate Core Romance in the Air, which I because I got the Fate Core book from you. I got a first edition DM screen, which was like complete and in really nice shape. I got some Ars Magica adventures. I got Deluxe Tunnels and Trolls and one of the Tunnels and Trolls Solitaire adventures. I got a really weird adventure for. Oh, no, it's like a board game that's an RPG called The Quest for Pintwin Scroll. It's really hard to read. And I also got Mutants and Masterinds 3rd Edition. Because I always like to support the store when I go to the event. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to do. After all, they're hosting. They're making it possible. And whenever I can buy stuff from the local store, I like to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's important. Because, I mean... I guess you don't like absolutely need a local store, but it's really good for community stuff. And it's good for like, let's say you just want to ask somebody in person about a game. You go and you ask about the game or you need something really quick. It's like, oh, it's an emergency. We need a D4 or something. I don't know why that would happen, but maybe you do need something in like re- realistically and you stop and you can get it right there. You don't have to order from Amazon. And I mean, who really wants to order from Amazon, to be honest? Right. Yeah. So I think that's everything I had to say about free RPG day. I don't know if you had any other cool free uh, RPG day stories. Or pretty anything. much since I haven't really done it, at least so far, um, I don't have any go-to stories. Um, the Geist adventure I got wasn't bad, but like, I don't think many people remember Geist, the Sin Eaters at this point. It wasn't one of White Wolf's bigger RPGs. So yeah, I don't have too much to throw in. Yeah, yeah, I skipped that one. We we uh, we quit after Changeling, the the second Changeling, the Chronicles Changeling. If you will. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back. Thanks for. We'll be back in the future, not right. We're not like after commercial break or something. <laughs> the noble night. Call us. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna get on the phone with them right now. <laughs> start calling i'm just gonna call him up um but yeah we'll be back we'll see you in the future thanks for tuning in don't forget to uh yeah. tell all your friends and and your enemies and all those people yeah keep rolling those dice keep rolling those dice all right have a good one see ya <laughs>